Welcome to the Rise Up Network. I'm your host, James Carmody. Rise Up Network is committed to sharing those stories of America's servant leaders. You know, those men and women that are out there in the marketplace, in the community, making a difference. I have a great leader in studio with me today, in studio on Zoom, as you know, we're still, uh, we're still doing that to some degree. I have someone who is in, in the real estate space, like I am professionally, um, but also is a family man, a mentor, very successful at what they do, takes a unique approach to their business, really putting others first and, you know, fits the rise up mold and some of the ethos and characteristics that we embody in this network. Um, I have Richard Goner, who's the executive vice president of JLL with me. Richard, welcome to the show. James, thank you so much for having me. As, as you know, I'm a fan of the show and, uh, I've been following you on social media for a while, so it's awesome to be here and, and love what you're doing. Thanks a lot, brother. Yeah, you got it. Thanks for making some time for us. You know, I know you're a busy guy. Um, so yeah, you know, we, we both have real estate backgrounds. We can talk real estate and, you know, I think we'll touch on that a little bit, maybe give people a little bit of our professional perspective on what's been going on, um, you know, since sure. COVID. But before you even dive into that, you know, where are you from and, you know, what was your upbringing like? Awesome. Uh, well, thanks. I appreciate that. Oftentimes I get on these uh, podcasts or interviews and, and it goes straight into real estate. So love, love the opportunity to be with you here today. Yeah. Um, so my, my background, I grew up in Texas and mm. uh, I grew up in the suburbs of Houston. And I, I guess at the time, I, I would think we were middle class um, family and I was an only child. And my parents owned their own business. They were in the seafood industry. If I recall, your parents were also in, in that industry, were they not, James? My, my dad was a, was a ship pilot, in, uh, and I actually grew up commercial fishing in uh, Massachusetts as a kid. Yeah, exactly. So um, my parents owned a wholesale company in, in Houston. They owned a distribution company. What I remember the most about my childhood and, and my, my parents was, I remember them working really, really hard. Um, being an only child, they, they both worked. And what that meant for me was they would leave before I was awake, before it was even daylight. And they would, they would leave and come home. Um, you know, they would try and get home for dinner, but usually it was every Friday night for sure we would have dinner together and, and, and weekends were sacred and usually working late, um, six, sometimes seven days a week and putting a lot of hours into that and really trying to provide uh, a life, a future for, for me and our family. And that was most important to them. And I remember them working hard. And, and, and so from that, I, I think going forward, as I got into college, of course, I, I was more on the social side of college um, at yep. Texas State, but I learned probably my last semester that I had an interest in real estate and got introduced into commercial real estate and, and got my job in the early 90s when the market was in a really, really tough spot. Having that background with my parents, um, I I just had a, a grit that I felt like, hey, I can figure this out. I don't care what people are telling me and jumped right into commercial estate in 1992. And I, that's I love what that. brought me that's, into San Diego. You know, right, right there, you know, just to interrupt for a second, you know, and, and 
highlight for you guys that are listening and watching this. I mean, it's those role models in our lives, you know, God willing, you're lucky enough that it's your parents or one of two parents, right? Or maybe it's a family member, neighbor or pastor like that. But to say, hey, I'm going to get up early. I'm going to work late. I'm going to do whatever it takes to provide for my family, you know, and it rubs off on people, you know, whether you know it or not, your kids are watching, like people are picking this stuff up, you know, so it's not like your parents necessarily taught you this, you just noticed it, you lived it and you saw it. And then you inherently appreciate and develop that grit in that characteristic yourself. Love that. Well, I didn't really notice it or appreciate it until much, much just how later it was. It's just what you did. <laughs> it's just what I did. You know, it's yeah. like what mom and dad did. And, and, and it's interesting how we, you know, like you said, mentorships, mentors that you have in your life, whether it's your parents or your siblings or, or what have you, it's at that early age where habits are being formed and people are watching and learning. And it wasn't really until much, much later in my life, you know, being an only child, I didn't know any better. And my parents were gone all the time, of course. And I thought that was normal. Um, but I felt like I had a very, very close relationship with my parents. Uh, my mother was somebody that I could go to no matter what. My father was more of a disciplinary, but I think we had similar parent things. relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Big, strong, quiet mm -hmm. guy. And he's who you saw when you stepped out of line. Whereas mom exactly. was, like, uh, I don't want to say a pal, but like I could tell mom anything. Exactly. And so that's the, you know, that's what got ingrained in me to kind of, you know, get me into commercial real estate. And despite a horrible time during the SNL period and the bank failures and the RTC and everything that was going on and just kind of jump into it and kick my way you know, I, I feel like I'm at the top of my career, but I feel like I've, I've got a lot further to go. I've worked on some exciting projects, but more importantly, during that time period, you know, graduating from college, I got married when I was in my, I was, I was 34. My wife was 35. We're about six months different. So we took our time, you know, finding the right partners, which was great. And when I met her, it was one of these things that I knew there was something absolutely different about her. And, and we, we've been married 15 years. Um, we've dated for about a year and we've got two beautiful daughters that are 12 and 15 years old now. Let me, let me ask and you about so, that for a sec. Cause you know, uh, uh, yeah. there's a lot of folks that listen to this and watch this, you know, that are, are married, you know, have a family or are heading down that path, you know, I, 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 like you, you know, chose to wait a little bit. Mm -hmm. What, what did, what did you discover about yourself and what do you think some of the benefits are, you know, for that kind of timing? Yeah. It's interesting that you say that because I, we tell our daughters, you better have a three in front of your age by the time I love you that. get married. I might steal that from my kids. Yeah. And the big thing is, as you know, when you're a 20 year old becoming a 30 year old, there is so much change and growth that happens and not everybody is the same. And I don't want to say every person out there has to absolutely wait till the 30 because there's a lot of great couples that get married earlier than that. But for myself, um, where I was at, I saw a tremendous change uh, happening. And I think each decade you can look back and see these changes occurring. But 
it's really being able to f- know who you are as a person inside and understand what the right partner for you is because your tastes change, your priorities change. And if you're not aligned in certain goals and, and certain um, aspirations in life, I guess, then you're going to grow apart. But if you have, if you know where you, you're, you're grounded and you find a partner that you can grow and grow together and, and follow each other's interests, that's to me what makes for a great relationship and why it's worth waiting. Yeah. I, I love that. And I, I, I really like that you use the word grounded, you know, I think ground being grounded and comfortable in your own skin, but also in the mm-hmm. relationship, you know, you can, you can weather any storm if you're grounded in it with yourself and with your with your partner or spouse. You know, love that. Absolutely, absolutely. So, getting back to my kids, um, now they're twelve and fifteen, and as a father, I've I, I was an only child, as I mentioned before, yeah. and getting married married was a big step. You know, coming from it's about me, and it, it you don't know that when you're an only child, but. It, for me, it was a little bit of an eye opener, not a huge eye opener, but, um, you know, it's now about two people. And then when you have a family, it's about three or four, or however many kids you have. And those become the most important things in your life. Being a parent, being a coach, um, having coached both of my kids' softball teams, uh, you go through a an awakening, if you will. And I, I realized that somebody else out there that's more important than me, that I want to put them first and I'm serving them. I think that's really what started to open my eyes professionally as well, was once I got married and once I started having kids, you, you start taking the eye off of it's about me and I'm here to serve others. And now that my kids are, are getting older, um, when I say older, entering into, starting to enter into high school, I can take that appreciation for family and for kids and bring it into my professional life. You know, last year especially was a, a great time uh, in my industry to take a step back and and think about how we're approaching things, how I was approaching my clients, but really bringing that servant attitude towards my clients and not being transactional um, and more realizing that everybody's got dreams and goals. Every one of my clients, their jobs or the properties that they invest in, you know, that's tied to somebody's vacation. That's tied to somebody's um, college fund or, or what have you. And I look at the course of my career and, and as I mentioned, I've had some successes, but what resonates the the most with me isn't the fact that I had these successes and I was able to put some money away at the end of the day. It was the fact that I had this journey. I created an awesome relationship with somebody and I helped them to achieve their goals. And what made me feel the best about that was seeing them be happy with the job that I did. And I think that ties into, you know, what I learned being a a parent, uh, a husband, and and just kind of opening up my mind to um, serving others. And that's really what it's about for me, serving others. Yeah. You know, there is, I want to say, I I mean, I, I, I just, I think one of the keys to being 
happy. You know, being a joyful person is to have some level of service to others. And I think the sooner that we can discover that for ourselves and what that looks like, and it can take all different forms, you know, and expressions, mm-hmm. um, but life's just so much more fulfilling and gratifying when it's about others and not just about you, you know? I want to back up a second, you know, because where we're recording this, you know, is we're, we're coming out of a global pandemic that, you know, mm-hmm. basically the human race got stopped and told to stay at home for a year. And being, you know, being two guys in real estate and you particularly being in commercial real estate and, you know, for the most part, commercial buildings were empty, you know, as people were working from home just to be safe and survive, you know, Mm -hmm. what was that like in the beginning and what were some of the things that you kind of had to discover and learn and go through, you know, being in the commercial real estate space? Sure. Absolutely. So being in the uh, office building space or office leasing specialists and, and selling office buildings. 2020 hit and obviously the music stopped and there was no more going into the office. Um, I do a lot of a lot of transactions. I do over a hundred plus transactions a year, which in my space is, is a lot of volume. Significant volume. Significant volume. And when March hit and the stay-at-home mandate hit, it, the music stopped. There were other sectors that kept going like science and industrial, but in the office world, people were at home. They were told to stay at home. They didn't know when they were going to be back in the office. And it was literally like a blizzard, right? One day to the next, people didn't know what they were going to do. Maybe, maybe a week, but like next month, forget about it. And what I was, there were a lot of deals that we were working on that just, you know, got put on ice. Yeah. And so that was a big wake up call for me, a huge wake up call. Um, A, what are we going to do? And B, when are, when are things going to, how am I going to provide? Right. Um, unknown. Unknown. Yeah, no. Every, and there's still, for some people, a little bit of unknown. But, you know, as life pressed on and the days went by and the weeks started to, to happen, I think like most America, people felt like this is a special time that we're able to hit this pause button for those of us that could and to really take time with our families and not worry about what's going to happen today or tomorrow. Where is it going to come from? Because life provides. And it was more about a time of reflection for myself and with my family about my job and my clients and how I'm approaching my business. How am I approaching my clients? Um, you know, how am I showing up every day as a father, as a husband, as a coworker? Um, and those were great months that we were able to take and spend time together as a family and just kind of take that time. But things started to open back up. We were actually only closed for a few months um, before we, we started to reopen. But I've obviously changed the way that I've approached my clients, as I, as I explained a little bit earlier, and even more so now. And things have started to open up. Um, we've seen a lot more activity, especially with the vaccines, uh, you know, things, my work day is almost back to normal. Like I, I, I approach it like it was in 2019. There's still tenants out there that are, uh, companies that are, have got uncertain futures and, and they want to play it safely. 
but um, for all intents and purposes, things are on the right track to, to recover. And I think this is, you know, something that we'll look back on and it, it, it'll be temporary. There's different phases that we've gone through from work from home to the hub and spoke model and to flex space. But eventually we're, we're all going to be back in the office. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and in, in in something I've been in dying to ask you, you know, as as an office yeah. expert, how do you think this is going to play out? One for like flex time, you know, my company mm-hmm. that's that's what we're going to with you know over six hundred employees. Um, but what do you think the impact will be like on the commercial space? I mean, do you think that companies will say, "Hey, I don't need this larger footprint anymore," and will there be a permanent shift or a rezoning? You know, what do you think the changes will be? Yeah, it's interesting. So I kind of gave you a little bit of a high level, but I think that we are in a phase right now, just like work from home was a phase. And just like the the flex, you know, I, you need to be in the office two days a week, you can work home three days a week. Don't get me wrong, there's there's certain jobs that can be done from home where you've got, you know, you're just doing head, head down work and you've got to meet a quota. And if you meet that quota, your job is done. But you're not able to build company culture over a Zoom call. You're not able to mentor new hires. Uh, you know, nobody wants to graduate from school and go to work as, at home to be at home at their first, you know, virtual first company. So I strongly believe that all companies are headed back into the direction of eventually being in the office. And it may take a few quarters to where when they see that the production is down because the employees from home aren't able to be as productive for a number of reasons, um, those requirements are gonna get tighter and tighter to get back into the office. And we're seeing a lot of the major tech companies you know, making announcements and making pushes in that direction, but obviously there's legal ramifications around some of that. So it's going to take some time, but I do think that we'll continue um, going back into the direction of being in the office. Yeah. That's interesting. I I, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Right. I think it's a little early to tell, you know, I know like just just my crew, like I, I have, you know, a team of six that support me day in, day out. I remember when I told them about two months ago, mid July, we're going, we're going back and we're going to go back two, three days a week, you know, like their heads fell off. They're like, wait a minute, we're not, we're not, I I can't sit on my couch forever. I'm like, no, you can't. And I like to think as a leader, I've done a good job with increasing the amount of meeting frequency, you know, so not once a week, Mm -hmm. you every morning and midday huddles and, you know, bringing and trying to during the pandemic that, you know, a couple of people that I never even met when I hired them and a couple of new mm-hmm. hires that I just met and they had been on board for three months, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting, you know, and we're, we're going to go yeah. back to two, maybe three days a week and see how it goes. But, you know, as a capitalist, if I feel like, you know, productivity is not there, it'll be full-time pretty quick, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I think as a country, we've kind of gotten a taste for, this work from home balance, but if it's not as profitable, then sure, I, I think it'll go back. Well, technology is there, obviously, and this kind of catapulted us into you know the next level. Um, and I do agree that there's flexibility in our future, 
and work was already work was already changing as we know it. It just happened at light speed, right? And so I think we're going to see this progression back to where we're, we were at. I think there will still be flexible work models, and, and, um, and you're right. We're, we're used to that now, but there's, there is that balance. Like, like you said, you're, the pr- productivity, you know, are they being productive? Are they, are they sitting on the couch? You know, and a lot of other employers, business owners, supervisors, have those same concerns and where those concerns get alleviated is when those employees are back in the office. And so that, for just that reason alone, I think that there we'll see that trend, but it's not going to be exactly the same. Yeah. 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 It'll be interesting to tell. Um, All right. So I want to shift back to our, to, you know, a topic that you brought up, but it's been an underlying theme of our whole conversation today is mentorship mm-hmm. and service, yeah. being of service and serving others, right? Yep. More to that. And, and I know you're, you you got some things cooking too around mentorship as well. Yeah, absolutely. So um, going back to um, what I learned being a parent and what I've put into this industry, I I've, I've had the opportunity to mentor uh, a few people throughout my career, either through what we call runnership or intern type programs. And I'm at a point now where I'd like to give something back to our industry. And I realized when I went through um, things, it was a lot different. We didn't have a lot of resources. We didn't have a lot of people that we could reach out to. It was more or less, you know, here's a desk, here's a phone figure it out and let us know right. if you get any leads. Good luck, kid. And good luck, kid. And so what I've started is a, a mentorship program that I'm taking one or two kids that are really focused on starting a career in commercial real estate. And they may not know where they're headed. It may not be office space. It, it may be multifamily industrial or, or what have you, or they may be in the space and just a couple of years into it and, and don't have the leadership or mentorship that they're looking for. And so I recently started a program and you can find that on my website where I'm offering for free to mentor young people coming into the workforce, you know, graduating college or, or not just getting into the commercial real estate field. And I'd love to help them and show them, you know, some things that I learned along the way and, and give them some guidance that I never had. I mean, what an opportunity, you know, so folks listen this, watch this. I mean, first, you, you know, write this down or make a note for yourself on your phone. Um, but Richard's website, right? And it's his full name. So it's, it's richardgonner.com, R-I-C-H-A-R-D-G-O-N-O-R dot com and he's got information about this mentorship program but what a wonderful opportunity you know to seek counsel and guidance and gain access to the mind of you know one of the top commercial leasing agents in southern california you know um you just don't see those opportunities like that from a residential guy looking in you know it's typically as i see it a smaller network you got to know somebody it's tough to crack in and it, and a lot of people don't ever crack in and they fail and they they go down a different path so i mean good on you brother what a what a what a gift that you're giving thank you i appreciate it that's exactly why i started it 
and it's about that giving back and, and serving others. And, um, you know, I hope somebody out there listening takes me up on it. Yeah. And then I know, obviously, you know, you're on social media um, and like mm-hmm. Instagram, probably most active there. And then Facebook, LinkedIn is just your full name. Yeah. Yeah. I'm probably most active on Instagram, but you can find me on all those platforms and it's just my full name, Richard Connor. Fantastic. So, you know, as, as we wrap up this conversation and first of all, you know, thank you for sharing your time and your treasures with us. You know, I mean, I can you're, very, you're a very generous guy and, you know, it's, it's a privilege to have you in the Rise Up Network. What are, you know, what's one or two parting words that you'd like to leave the network with that, you know, someone watching this or listening to this may say, you know what, I really appreciated that or, uh, wow, I'm going to, I'm going to take that to heart or I'm going to think about that some more. Well, James, as I said, I'm i I'm a fan of the show and, and a fan of Rise Up Network and the platform that you built and really resonated with me. And, and you can tell maybe why from our conversation today. So I would say take away from this conversation or one thing to take forward is Learn er, the earlier on that you can learn to look from outside of yourself and look at the joy that you can bring others, that's going to bring you the most joy. And if you can learn that earlier on in life, earlier than I did, then it's all good. You're going to be happy. Love that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, folks, as we talk about mentorship and in service, that happiness and that joy is readily available anytime if you just put others in front of yourself you know i I don't know the zig ziglar saying but you know you'll get all the things you want in life you know through helping others and i wholeheartedly believe that kind of philosophy philosophy and richard it's clear that you do too make sure you go check out his website richardgonner.com there's information about the mentorship program follow him on instagram friend him on you know facebook and linkedin um, obviously he's a very generous, selfless man, making himself available to help others. Um, you know, and as we wrap this up, you know, and everyone in the rise up network, you know, that it's about serving others, you know, and that could be being gracious to your neighbor and, you know, maybe it's something they don't necessarily deserve, but you don't know what they're going through and you wave to him, you throw a smile at him, or, you know, you hold the door open for somebody or you give a coworker or business partner, you know, just a pat on the back or, Hey, you're doing great, even though it's not merited, but serving others can take on many shapes and forms, you know? So as you, as you, as we go forward from this episode and this conversation and we're rising up, put service at the forefront, be gracious with others. And I want to leave you with that. I want to leave you thinking about grace as you're rising up. 